Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, conversations designed to help you as you live, learn, and lead through pain. And now the host of the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, Davey Blackburn. Hey, and welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm your host, Davey Blackburn, and joining me in the studio, also known as our kitchen, my lovely co-host, Emily Schultz. Emily, great to have you. Thank you. I seriously love doing this with you. It's so fun. It is a blast, and it's really cool to hear how people are being affected by this. I think that's one of my favorite things. I go and I kind of see some of these rates and reviews, Mm -hmm. and I'm I'm reading some of the reviews, and it's just cool to see how people all over the country, all over the world are tuning in, um, whether or not they're walking through tragedy. It's like they're using this as a way to train for the trial they're not yet in. Like, What are the tools that we can have in our life as we are maybe getting ready for a season Mm -hmm. of pain? Because you never know when that's going to happen. It's just the common denominator for life. Yeah, I feel like there's no better way to train than hearing from other people who have experienced pain. Right. Um, So understanding what has helped them through. Right. Um, So I love this podcast. And it's it's cool because it brings a lot of purpose to our pain to kind of feel like we can be in some ways a guide for people or a coach and really help people as they're navigating through it. We're not experts for sure. We don't have any of this figured out, but we're just promising to be transparent in the process and in the journey and just saying, hey, here's what we're learning. Here's some cool people that we are coming in contact with Mm -hmm. who have also journeyed some really difficult things. And so I'm excited too about covering some more of the gamut of different types of situations, different types of circumstances. You know, I know in a future podcast, we're going to talk to a gal who's just recently gone through a divorce and it was a pretty difficult one. Um, I know we're going to talk to some folks who have special needs kids. I mean, there's just all kinds of things. It's like tough circumstances that are walking through and it's going to be really cool yeah. to help people in this. And yeah. so, yeah, we're, we're going to be jumping into part two of mm. my interview with Samantha Smith. And uh, part one was incredible. It was awesome. Right? Um, you know, one thing that really stood out to me um, is something that, you know, Levi Lusko actually mm-hmm. says a lot um, in, in his book, Through the Eyes of a Lion, right. um, but is this concept of intentionally running toward the roar. Right. Um, and so you and Sam talked about that a lot yeah. um, in, this, in this first episode of the podcast together. Um, and then you elaborated that uh, elaborated on that a yeah. little bit um, by talking about the concept of like weeping. So like feeling it, um, feeling the pain, feeling um, the grief, whatever those emotions are, but not staying there, mm. not wallowing in it. Um, and then this concept of like choosing, waking up yes. and choosing to trust. Yeah. Um, so that's great. I can't wait to hear more about it. Yeah, because I feel like we left it somewhat unresolved. Yeah. Like, like these questions in the air, like how do you do this? And so I'm excited about kind of resolving it. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like we're ever fully resolved. And you're going to find that as we finish up this podcast, but we're in the journey of it. And we're like consciously and intentionally trying to find purpose in this. And so it's really cool to hear from someone who is actually in the middle of it right now. And so let's go ahead and tune in and listen to part two of my interview with Samantha Smith. Hey, we're back here for part two part with two. Samantha Smith. Sam, welcome again. Thank you so much. Great to have you. It was a great conversation the first part. Yeah, it was. And uh, just talking about the the realness of grief, the feelings that mm-hmm. we have, the emotions yeah. that we're going to experience in these times of emotions you're wrestling through. And uh, we left the podcast off um, last time talking about some of the temptations that we feel. Yeah. This entitlement spirit, this mm-hmm. entitlement mentality of, okay, well, I, I followed you, Jesus. I did everything your way, and look where that got me. Yeah. And so now, 
whether it's an idolatry thing, whether it's like trying to take over your life or what, whether it's just like it's escapism, right? Yep. trying to escape the pain. Right. I, I, want, I want to take things into it my way now. Mm-hmm. Just the temptation that you feel that's very, very, very real. Um, let's talk about that a little bit more. How do you see that play out in your life? And mm-hmm. you don't have to get super deep. You don't have to like, <laughs> you know, be as transparent as you want Tell to. Tell me all your deepest, darkest secrets. Here's man. the thing. When we talk about this, like I resonate with this because I'm like, yes, I feel that in my heart. Mm-hmm. I feel that in my heart. And mm-hmm. I think it's a very real temptation. Mm-hmm. So talk to me some more about that. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, kind of like we we hit on last time. Just again, just that sense of things uh, doing things the Lord's way, and then not seeing the fruition of of what I thought those blessings would be. So now mm-hmm. being like, okay, so my my very in my human nature default setting is okay. This didn't work. Mm-hmm. So what what are we going to do differently mm-hmm. to um, to have a and you know happier right. life. I use that with <laughs> to air To manufacture quotes. the blessings. Yeah, so exactly, exactly. Totally. Um, so for me, that looks like, for me, it very much so is a control thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just being, again, I, I trusted you, Lord. I, I gave you control over my life, and now look where it's gotten me. Right. So for me, that 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 plays out in control. So mm-hmm. um, very much so, like trying to manufacture the blessing, trying to manufacture this, you know, I've had to really wrestle with, um, am I really feeling called to X, Y, and Z, or is this just what I want to do? Right. Or what I what I think I might be good at, yeah. um, because again I'm also in this point of kind of resetting my entire life, yeah. um, because I'm now this 26 year old widow who has to dream new dreams mm. and and kind of get this whole new plan in shape. So for me that looks just like okay I think I'm going to control it this time mm. because it didn't work out so well for you. So certainly with control, um, certainly with temptations in relationships of all kinds right. of, of friendships, friendships, you know, relationships, family, right. um, that that sense of um, being guarded is something yeah. I really wrestle with. Um, that whole like I I built these strong bonds in these relationships, um, and obviously with Andrew, and then now he's not here. So yeah. that again, that self preservation mode, right. that that self protection, like that survival up, mode. And then, mm-hmm. Boom! I just uh-huh. got completely I got gutted. gutted. I'm gonna. Mm-hmm. Whoop, I'm putting yep. my guard up. Yep. Now. I'm not I'm doing not this again. I'm not up opening this. Yep. I'm not doing this again wow. because it hurt too bad. Wow. So, um, and I think you and I actually even talked about this in in some of our initial conversations of this sense of. Um, almost this recklessness and this yeah. fearlessness because you're yeah. like, what's the worst that could happen? Right. So on one hand, I feel that very strongly some days. On the other hand, I think about the few things you know that I love so dearly and I want to hold on to them so tightly yeah. because I can't imagine anything bad happening yeah. to them. I couldn't possibly walk through something like this again. Yeah. So um, even practicing control in that as much as I feel like I can, but then yeah, with with new people or, you know, family or whatever, just that sense of, um, I'm not going to open up. I'm not going to live this life of community and, and as full as I know it can be just because I, mm. I'm not willing to put myself into a situation where I lose everything again. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've noticed that with me as well as I, I notice it with like this kind of thing, like the nothing is wasted podcast or some of the ministry that opportunities that God's allowed me to do out of our story mm-hmm. is I began to, you know, I walked into those open handed and yeah. just going, okay, God, whatever you want to yeah. do through uh-huh. this. And then uh-huh. now I'm beginning to like close my hand around yep. them. Where if I don't see them maybe go where yeah. I wanted them to go yeah. or maybe, you know, the opportunities that I thought that were yeah. going to be there or whatever, if it just looks any different mm-hmm. than what I thought mm-hmm. it was going to look, I start closing my hands around them. And yeah. I, I had a conversation with a guy the other day and he said, I mean, it was like so powerful and so timely for me. He said, hey, you've got to once again put Abra- put Isaac on the altar mm. like Abraham. Mm. Like you've got to once again be willing to just put everything in God's hands yeah. 
and let him take care of it. Yeah, good. And that was that was really tough for me because I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, like you said, I don't know if I can trust. Yeah. Last time I did God that, that, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And so this seems like this perpetual. Um, this, this perpetual lesson being learned of yeah. trust and open-handedness yeah. and going like, okay, God, my plans for my life, um, I, I, I know they're not as good as your plans, mm-hmm. but I really think I could do things better yeah. than what it looks right? like you're doing right, right now right. and fighting that temptation. Mm-hmm. So how do, we, how do we fight that temptation? What does yeah. that look like to actually get up every day and begin to fight that temptation? Mm-hmm. What are some things that you're learning as far as how to how to take some of these steps, because we're like we talked about in the last podcast, we're 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 in this in the middle of like Job's life, the loss, and then for him, he was blessed twice as mm-hmm. much. Promise of blessings, exactly. Mm-hmm. He was blessed twice as much the second part of his life than he was the first. So literally, was given twice as many things as what he had lost, and twice as many relationships, twice as many, twice as much of everything. Yeah, and so we have this hope. Mm-hmm as an anchor for our soul, that mm-hmm. there's the promise of blessing mm-hmm. at, as and if we walk this out faithfully, but we are in between the loss and the blessing. Mm-hmm. So we're in this gap and we're trying to grow in this gap. Yeah. How do we do that? How have you, what are some things that you've learned through this that have helped you to move forward mm-hmm. and, and walk into um, the the difficulties of that gap? Yeah, absolutely. I I can say without a doubt, the biggest lesson that I have learned and, and still learning and being humbled and, and being taught every day is is not waiting on those feelings of trust and um, and and not waiting on those feelings to to come necessarily and knowing that mm-hmm. you have to choose to step into that. Yeah, um, I am an emotionally charged person. <laughs> really? <You laughs> I am. Sure? I am. Um, and that was, I remember always, Andrew would always say that's something he loved about me is that I was passionate yeah. and I, um, you know, I, I just, I'm an emotional person when I love, I love deeply. Yeah. When I don't like something, you, I don't like you it. You despise I deeply. despise it. I have no room in my life for that. Um, and, and so that's been something though that has been difficult to walk through. Yeah. Um, not even just grief, but this sense of purposelessness Purposelessness, yeah. Um, you know, just walking through that, uh, and certainly walking through grief with it. I remember feeling like I was just waiting for that hope to to come over me again. Right. I was waiting for that comfort, for that feeling I was, of hope. Yeah, yeah. I was just mm-hmm. waiting for it, um, and then realized, Sam, you're going to be sitting and waiting for a mm. long time. Um, you know, at some point, you have to get up. You have to choose to. You have to choose to get up. And then you have to choose to step into the day with a sense of um, of purpose and a sense of uh, of being intentional and knowing that things might necessarily might not necessarily feel good, but um, that they will be good because yeah. you know truth. Yeah. And and just kind of always rooting back to that, um, even when I don't feel like it, when I don't feel like going to church, when I don't feel like worshiping the Lord and surrendering thing, everything yeah. to Him, um, just knowing like you're gonna have to choose it. And and almost there's a sense of fake it till you make it sort of yeah. thing, you know, uh, this idea of, uh, I don't feel these things, but maybe if I eventually, or if I keep doing, if I keep going through the motions of getting up and, and practicing routine right. and, and, you know, being healthy in my friendships and relationships and family and, and, and doing the things that, you know, bring me joy, you know, 
eventually, hopefully those things do start to, to resonate with, with real life in this reality. So the biggest lesson that I have learned, um, that has been the most helpful for me is just not waiting for emotions to pass Mm -hmm. and not waiting for, um, these, and some emotions to come as far as like hope, you know, and, and comfort, but uh, just knowing you have to choose to, to walk in, walk in it and, and choose to do your life in the way that you know that you're supposed to, even when it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah, something that you shared with me. Um, so this is just a crazy metaphor. When you think about Butler basketball in those two mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. and this Cinderella story of this little tiny mm-hmm. private school mm-hmm. in the middle of Indianapolis mm-hmm. that has no business <laughs> making it to the Sweet 16 nonetheless, but to the championship game, right? And then two years in a row, even through the the hope and the excitement of the Cinderella story losing. yeah. Twice. The disappointment twice, yeah, right, mm-hmm. and the fact that Andrew was on those teams, and mm-hmm. it's almost like that's a metaphor for your story in 100%. some ways. Mm-hmm. That it's like this comeback, like okay, we're yep. gonna beat this thing, mm-hmm. we're gonna come up through the highs you know, and lows, yeah, all mm-hmm. of that stuff, the highs and lows, and then down to the eleventh hour, you're still believing yeah. that you're gonna pull through, mm-hmm. and then you you don't, you don't. Mm-hmm. And essentially lose the championship yep. or what was the marker of a championship yeah. for you. And that's, that's like life, like right. beating cancer. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, that, that metaphor is just really, really powerful. But you share with me some of the mm-hmm. memories that you have mm-hmm. of after those games. Share with yeah. the listener that. So, uh, and, and it's crazy because those days, uh, the, the, the days of losing those championship games to Duke and to UConn, ugh, I can't even, ugh. Ugh, I can't, do we have water? Like I need to refresh my Duke. palate here. Ugh, ugh. Okay, ugh. Anyway, uh, the days of losing to those teams. Ew. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can we throw Jimmy Fallon out there? <laughs> always, always. Ew. All right, anyways. <laughs> but the days of losing to those, um, those teams uh, at that point were the worst days of our lives. Yeah. Um, you know, that was the, the culmination of Andrew's hard work and, again, these highs and lows. So, right. you know, this, we're going to do this. Like, this is happening sort of thing. And um, so, and then thinking about, yeah, the downfall and that disappointment mm-hmm. of, of losing and just being like, oh, but we were so close. And so I remember uh, just struggling with watching Andrew wrestle with, I mean, because, you know, you lose and you have to do all the media right. and everybody's asking how you feel. And it's like, well, of course I feel terrible. Right. But um, so I remember even getting a little bit nervous of being like, well, gosh, how do I, you know, as his girlfriend at the time, how do I come alongside him in uh, this? Like, what yeah. do I even say? Support and respond. Yeah, how do I support you in this? Um, and I remember he, he came home um, specifically after the Duke game. And I remember him walking in the door um, of his house and all of us, you know, his family, we obviously waited up for him and everything because it was in Indy that year. Yeah. Um, so he came home and we just said, you know, or his, his cousin Andrew or his cousin Scott said, Andrew, what do you want to do? Like, do you want to mm. play video games? What do you want to do? He's like, I want to go play basketball. Mm. So we got a little crew together of, of, you know, him and myself and then his cousins and siblings. And we all drove down to Zionsville Park at like one in the morning huh. and there were no lights on the basketball courts. And, we just played. Wow. We just played basketball. And it was just crazy to see the the difference in demeanor of Andrew of walking through those doors just heavy and having lost everything he had worked for. Wow. Um, and then seeing him back on the basketball court, you know, totally at that point, um, from, you know, reminded of what really mattered, mm-hmm. of, of finding joy in the game again mm-hmm. and finding joy in being with friends and family um, and recognizing that that was what was important and that, um, you know, that it was all going to be okay. Yeah. Um, finding joy 
joy even on those hard days. Yeah. Andrew was really good at that. So yeah, we, we went and we played basketball and wow. in Zionsville Park until literally the cops came and kicked us out and said, you can't do this. Like, wow. You can't be here. So we played there for hours. Um, and it just took the, at that time, the worst nights of our lives to legitimately one of my of most memories. favorite memories with Andrew. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. What a powerful thing that the, the key, it seems, is pick the basketball up again. Pick it up again. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to be able to find joy in the game again if you don't pick the basketball right. up again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in life, it's like, hey, just live again. Yep. Yep. Like, get up. Get up. Mm-hmm. Out of bed. Mm-hmm. Go through the routine. Make Choose. your bed. Choose to pick up the ball. Choose to pick up the ball. Yep. And you'll, you'll find joy you'll in find it joy again. You'll find joy again. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, sh- and I'm sure that those first few times that Andrew picked up the ball, it probably didn't feel good. It probably was, yeah. you know, it was, you All know, these flashbacks yeah, these flashbacks of the things and the game that just the happened. Court, yeah. yeah, that literally just happened hours ago. Right. Just seeing confetti, you know, in the wrong colors, you know, right. that sort of deal. I'm sure that the first time he picked up that ball wasn't this joyous, you know, moment of relief. Right. But as he picked it up and he began to dribble and he began to dunk and do all the things that he, you know, had yeah. worked hard at and had practiced and knew that he could do, yeah. um, that joy came back and it became, again, one of the most beautiful nights that, you know, we ever spent together. Wow. That's so good. All right. So what are you doing to try to find joy? Mm. Cause you don't, you don't feel it. Don't feel it. You don't feel mm. it. You got to find it. You got to find it. You got to chase after you it. Gotta chase you got to chase after it. You know, and you know and I'm it, competitive. So I run hard. You, run, you do. Run. <laughs> Sam, Sam was running a half marathon, training for a half marathon while we were like training for CrossFit, CrossFit every single open. day too. Yeah. yeah. In the CrossFit open. Yeah. In the, the uh, five weeks of the open. That might not have been my smartest choice. My that, body did not well, love you, me. No, I bet it didn't. You <laughs> bulldog and you're crazy. Sometimes grief drives you to insanity, it right? It drives you Two to days, insanity. Sometimes Two three days. Absolutely. So yeah. Let's talk about it. How are you? How are you finding it? How are Um, you trying to chase after it? Yeah, certainly. Just like you said, just trying to find it because it's, you know, it's not going to naturally feel, Mm -hmm. you know, good and you're not going to naturally feel joy. So some ways that really helped me, uh, first and foremost, you know, writing has always been pretty therapeutic for me. Again, we chronicled our our journey um, through a a pretty, you know, well-read blog. And that was always a very um, healing form for me. Mm -hmm. And it became something that I continue to do. Uh, It was different this time because in the past year and a half, up until just recently, I haven't written anything with the intention of being published. Mm -hmm. So it was truly just journaling and writing out prayers. And then I, I, I would write Andrew a letter every day um, just wow. to help feel connected to him to whatever de- degree I could. Kind of like you were saying, like, yeah. that idea of like needing a portal to, yeah, to Amanda. Exactly. Um, to me, it was just like, I'm just going to write. Um, and, and Did I'm that not, feel a little crazy? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I sit at home sometimes and will look at this thick, thick journal knowing that that is full of letters to my late husband that he's never going to read. Wow. And sometimes I'm like, what? Like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And sometimes that drives me to frustration because he's not going to read them. But in the moment, um, it certainly offered some healing. And then even now that I'll go back and read through some of those letters, um, it offers healing because I see where I'm not anymore. Mm. I see what I'm not necessarily, you know, wrestling with as heavily. I see, you know, that I see growth in that, you know, this isn't a struggle as much anymore. So writing itself became healing, but then going back and reading through some things and just seeing markers and tangible moments of healing um, and seeing God's faithfulness and that, you know, he has been good, even when it hasn't felt like that in the yeah. last year and a half. You know, I haven't necessarily felt like I've 
healed a lot and I don't yeah. feel like don't I've feel grown like you're a lot. Much further down the I road. don't. Um, right. but then I go back and read things. And I'm like, okay, you, go, you know, wow. you are you're 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 making progress. Right. So writing and then reading um not just my own writings, but reading, you know, some some really great books. Mm. Um, you know, Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis comes to yeah. mind, Option B by um Cheryl Sandberg and you Adam said, Grant. But before you before you go there, you said something really powerful when we chatted about C.S. Lewis and mm. and a grief observed. Do you remember what that was? It, you said something about how he put, I mean, it was like he yeah. put words to... Yeah, to just how I was feeling. So, like, I mean, kind of like you were saying, it, grief makes you crazy. Yeah. It just does. And I don't know that you can really grasp that if you haven't walked right. through, like, heavy grief. Um, but it just makes you question your sanity every second of every day. Yeah. And what that was, so that was the first book that I read after Andrew passed, and I ended up reading it multiple times after that because it gave validation to all those feelings yeah. of insanity. Um, to me, it was like, if C.S. Lewis right? <laughs> can be feeling these things, if he can be struggling with these things, then yeah. I think it's okay. And I think that I'm not totally crazy. Yeah. Um, because honestly, that book is like he copied and pasted my heart. Wow. Um, and my my entire library is full of books marked up and written in the ledgers, but nothing in my library is anything as close as that book. I, yeah. you know, It is just marked up with highlights and circles and yes, and you know, all all those sorts yep. of things. And um, I felt the same exact way about that book when I read it. One. It was like, you just put words to everything that I'm feeling yeah. and I never would have been able to put I words to it. I never would have been wow. able to articulate it like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was just a crucial, crucial mm. read for me was Grief Observed by C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Option B was a really great one. Yeah. Um, you know, Timothy Keller has some really, really great resources mm-hmm. and I know you do resource of the month so right. I know that you hit on some of those. But so just reading, um, yeah. even, even, even through the fuzzy brained sort of deal, um, you know, that helped. Um, and then honestly, one of the biggest things was was finding an outlet. Mm. Um, and you know, you and I have talked about CrossFit and how that truly just became right. more than anything I think either of us really thought it would be right. for, for both of us. But it became an hour in the day, sometimes two, sometimes three. <laughs> for you. <But> yes. <laughs> two or three a days. Um, I'm like, what, how, what, what number is this what, at the gym? Well, that's skims, the third time oh, that I've been here. I've been here for six, three hours. Like I came here at noon Jeez. and now it's five. Um, but it beca- because it became such a crucial outlet for me to have a time in the day yeah. where I didn't think about things. Because honestly, you know, I thought about, you know, Andrew every few minutes um, in the heaviness of his absence. Mm -hmm. And that is exhausting. Mm -hmm. And not that I don't want to think about him, obviously, but just goodness gracious, just to have a second where my, my mind is thinking about physical pain, (laughs) you know, instead, instead of this, this emotionally draining, it's like your mind can shut off because you're so, well, especially with CrossFit, there's, Mm. or any like high intensity interval training like that, where it's so intense that you can't think about anything else. else. (laughs) You just can't. And then, and then of course there's all kinds of research backing the physical Mm. benefits Mm -hmm. of it, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Just heart rate variability research. And, you know, they, they talk about with PTSD, which is something that we can talk about in a second, but mm-hmm. with PTSD, with post-traumatic stress disorder, mm-hmm. you have these um, uh, you, you have these things that that you have to put in place in life. Otherwise, you're going to struggle with right. it. And and um, they say yoga, marathon training, and CrossFit are mm-hmm. are the three best exercises to do that because those are the ones that help your heart rate variability. So your resting heart rate is a lot. 
um, better. Mm -hmm. And so therefore your anxiety, stress levels, depression levels, all that stuff are a lot more curtailed and leveled out. Uh And so it's just cool as I've been doing research on that to go, oh man, CrossFit was something you and I both just kind of discovered. Yeah, right. It wasn't even something we went into and like, well, I've I've researched all this stuff and I need to go and and do high intensity interval training and I'm going to heal through it. But but it's like the Lord in his goodness and his providence said, hey, here, here's something I want to put in your Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. that's going to help you in Mm -hmm. this process. Mm -hmm. And and um, and for you, you were mar- you were marathon training and so I did crossing. two out of the three. I was like, I'm gonna kick this depression. Yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, you oh, did. Oh goodness, but yeah. So uh, for me, it was CrossFit. It was you know finding an outlet that time to shut off my brain and also just to exhaust me. So I remember yeah. there would be times so you where could you sleep. Would, so I could sleep because I was just tired of taking sleeping pills. Yeah. So I remember there would be times where we'd be like, Sam, like weren't you here earlier? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't want to sleep tonight. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, so just exhausting myself sometimes. So I think. Finding an outlet, whether right. it be CrossFit, whether it be yoga, you know, whatever. Um, finding that that sense of um, you know rest yeah. was so crucial for me, and I feel like is really really important for anybody just yeah. walking through something. Man, that's a huge question right there. How do you find rest for a restless soul? Yeah, right. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I did a blog post a couple months back about that, mm-hmm. but it's like that is a serious difficulty. Yeah, to try mm-hmm. to find rest again. Yeah. and find contentment. In a season where you just feel nothing but discontentment. Yeah, 100%. And anxiety and stress. And see no end to it. And see no end to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's absolutely, wow, that's absolutely. Let, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about PTSD because mm-hmm. um, one of the things I've done as I've researched PTSD, because um, I've had a little bit of experience with right. it, you've had some experience mm-hmm. with it, you know, no matter what the situation is, whether it's, um, someone coming back from Afghanistan mm-hmm. after seeing their friend, you yeah. know, get blown up, yeah. or whether it's me walking in and finding right. Amanda, or whether it's you watching your husband slip away into eternity slowly, it, it you're, it's going to cause this like post traumatic stress Absolutely. disorder. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things researchers say is that if you don't have, if you're not able to flee or fight, so it's that fight or flight yeah. kind of thing. So if you're not able to flee or fight, in the midst of that, then you it puts your psyche into this out of control mm-hmm, state mm-hmm. that is going to make you more susceptible to PTSD. Yeah, you didn't have the yeah. fight or flight choice. Right, right. You had to you you fought in it. Yeah, but you you couldn't succeed. Didn't escape it. Yeah, and you couldn't escape it. And I didn't have the opportunity to fight right. for Amanda. Right. And, you know, I didn't have the opportunity to flee from what happened mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. And so that it's going to result in some of this PTSD. What have you discovered? Maybe some things as you've researched that, but some things personally for you mm-hmm. have helped you as you walk mm-hmm. through that. Yeah, I think the most frustrating thing with PTSD for me was, I mean, I with everybody, you just can't escape it. And that mm-hmm. um, it is just out of nowhere. So for me, the biggest thing that I struggle with um, and have struggled with has just been flashbacks mm-hmm. of, of conversations with doctors, um, but then certainly that last day um, and, 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 you know, and holding him as he passed, you know, yeah. that is something that I would just get, I would just be driving and would just get images and yeah. and get really frustrated obviously distraught and and totally distressed but then just frustrated because it was like I wasn't even doing anything you know I wasn't even it's not like you know I was watching TV and a medical show came on or you know I wasn't right. you know passing by Butler you know there I wasn't doing anything and it just kind of hit me and so there were lots of just frustrations of being like how do I escape this then yeah. you know if I'm not even doing anything to trigger it you know, what can I do to make this not be as, as overtaking as it is yeah. and as it feels? Um, so 
I am a huge proponent of counseling yeah. and um, sitting down with you know a counselor, or psychiatrist. That was certainly something I did. Absolutely, um, just a huge proponent of it, and uh, that that helped me a lot. Was yep. just. If nothing else, um, for me, it was validating feelings mm. um, because it wasn't like I always walked out of there with these epiphanies and these moments of clarity, but it was, mm. uh, okay, so this is normal. Right. Um, so this is okay. Right. Uh, you know, this is what I could expect, you know, mm-hmm. that I was, you know, on track with with somebody that is experiencing these sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so for me, that was a major, major thing was sitting down with somebody and just a, a professional and, and talking about what I was feeling and, and what I was going through. And then mm. them, you know, subsequently being able to give me some tools that helped, you know, mm. as far as, as far as dealing. And so that was a major, a major key for me was just sitting down with somebody and, and not feeling any shame in that and just being like, right. this is, this is going to help me heal. Right. I think the enemy's ploy in our life is isolation. Yeah. If he can get us isolated and he can get us thinking that we're the only one dealing with right. it and that we're crazy for what we're feeling right. and that we're, you know, there's no way out of it. Right. Mm. But most importantly, the way he gets us isolated is by us not sharing what we're feeling with anybody else, so not opening up, not being so transparent, true. not being vulnerable, not letting other people to get into certain components or yeah. aspects of our yeah. life. And counseling, what that does is it like it's like forces you it to forces talk it about mm-hmm. it, forces it mm-hmm. out of you right. to vocalize it. And sometimes even when you vocalize it, yeah. you go, oh, okay, that doesn't sound yeah. as... I'm not right. as... I'm not as struggling yeah. as much as I thought I did. Yeah. But as long as it's in here yeah. and it's festering. Well, just because at that point, it just becomes mental games. Yeah. You know, it becomes overthinking. It becomes, you know, this this whole uh, mental war because, right. you know, maybe you haven't talked it out or, you know, because like you said, sometimes when you do say it out loud, it's either, okay, yeah, maybe that wasn't as big of a struggle as I thought or right. like that sounds, I, like I see the failed logic behind that, right. you know? So for me, that was crucial. Was just yeah. saying some things out loud and and voicing those those things that I, like you said, that I felt like maybe I was the only one feeling. Right. Um, That's so, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'll even take a pause right here and address the listener and say, hey, if you're dealing with some of these things, you've gone through pain, trial, hardship. You're dealing with PTSD, mm-hmm. whatever it is, or even just depression, anxiety, yeah. whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Do not be too prideful to seek right. out counseling right. and find a good biblical counselor in your city, mm-hmm. in your area. If you're having trouble finding one and you need help, we can't promise that we know somebody that we can find somebody, but but reach out to us yeah. and we'll we'll help you with that. Um, you can e- you can email us at hello at resonateindy.com, hello at resonateindy.com and just say, hey, I need some help finding a counselor. I live in, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in St. Louis. I live in Bora Bora. I mean, if you live in Bora Bora, I'll come down and counsel right, yeah. you. you we'll, know, like, we'll take a personal trip. We got it. We're going to be insane. <laughs> we'll, here we go. We'll Let's be go. the servants here. <laughs> <laughs> Suffering for Jesus. That's you know? right. I'll do that in But Bora in Bora. all seriousness, I mean, do that. Do yeah. not delay because it's yeah. so important to sit down and talk yeah. to somebody who is a professional, but also someone who has good biblical perspective. Yeah. on your situation. Yeah. And it's so true like the idea of not delaying because it just delays healing. Yes. Because for me, I I didn't do it. I, I didn't seek help. I didn't talk. Not and I don't even necessarily know why. Um but I didn't for a few months mm. and then I noticed such a shift when I started just opening it up and, right. and peeling it back. So yeah, just that idea of like, you're already suffering enough. Why continue it on longer right. than it needs to be? Right. You know. Yeah, so that's, exactly. that that was really crucial for me. That's, um yeah. Yeah, that's great. So um, the other thing I, I think is, you know, you're talking about the PTSD and the fight or flight. And um, I think one of the things that you have to do is you have to find your fight again. Yeah. That's one of the things researchers say is if you don't have a fight, you weren't, didn't, you weren't given the opportunity to fight, 
find your fight. Mm -hmm. So what is the new fight? So we're going to take a break because we're going to talk about our resource of the month. But when we come back from the resource of Mm -hmm. the month, we're going to talk about how you're finding your fight. Because that's a conversation that you and I have had where you're learning this new purpose for your life and trying to find purpose in the middle of this pain. And so we'll take a break. All right, it's that time in the podcast where we talk about the resource of the month. Um, Resource of the month is something that you and Sam actually just talked about very briefly. Right. Um, Option B. Davey, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, Option B is a book that's just recently been released by a gal named Cheryl Sandberg and and Adam Grant. They Mm -hmm. co-wrote it. And Cheryl Sandberg is actually the COO, so the Chief Operations what is that? Chief officer? Officer, <laughs> chief operations officer. I think so, yeah. Of Facebook. Okay. So she is high caliber, right? Yeah. High performance. But her husband was the CEO of SurveyMonkey, mm-hmm. and they were on vacation, and he died on a treadmill of a heart arrhythmia. Man. And so she actually found him in the gym of this resort area that they were on. And so she writes this book about... Um, the the concept of of option A not working out the way that you think it's going to work out in life. And so kicking option B in the face is what she talks about. Just like hitting it head on saying, okay, we're going to make this happen. We're not going to like wallow in this. We're not going to let this, you know, kill us, Mm -hmm. but we're going to, we're going to find purpose in this. It's a really, really, really good book. Um, she's actually the, uh, from a Jewish family. So okay. it's a cool perspective in that yeah. where you start to see some of even like Jewish culture, right? Which is as Christians, they're like our 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 cousins. You know, <laughs> it's like the Old Testament. You see some of the Jewish culture, the way God built in uh, some like grief um, timelines mm-hmm. and, and how Jewish people grieved. And so she brings some of that perspective in along with just some very practical perspective and perspective from someone who is working in a high intense, you know, um, very relevant business and is way up there. Like this girl is high caliber, high performance. She's after it, mock six. Yeah. And she has this tragedy happen in her life mm-hmm. and she writes about it and she writes some very practical ways on walking through this um, with, with, you know, being a single mom now. And, um, and so it's just a really cool book. Option B, Cheryl Sandberg, Adam Grant. You should pick it up. You can actually go to um, davyblackburn.com and you can find the link right there at the bottom of it to uh, easily navigate to get this book. You should definitely read it. Awesome. Well, I'm going to go there and I'm going to read the book. Yes. <laughs> Can't it's wait. It's so good. It's so good. Well, let's jump back into the interview. Welcome back. We are continuing our conversation with Samantha Smith, and we're mm-hmm. talking about this idea of finding your fight. What do you What do you do now as we're in the middle? As we're in the gap, we're trying to go, grow in the gap. We've experienced loss, but we're believing in the promises and the hope of Jesus and that he's not going to waste this, yep. that he's going to um, restore, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It, it talks about in First Peter that after you suffer for a little while, then yeah. Jesus himself will restore, confirm, establish uh, your feet. And so it's just it's just a really cool promise, but we're in the middle of that. We're yeah. like experiencing it now. Yeah. So what do we do? And we've talked about several things. You talked about, you know, even just going and doing physical exercise. You talked about writing. Mm-hmm. You talked about seeing counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what 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 is another thing? Because you know, I know you got involved in our church community. Yeah. So yeah. was that something that was really important for you? Crucial. And talk about that a little yeah. bit. Um, and just the idea of community in and of itself mm. is is really crucial for life. I feel like I feel like it um, allows you to live it to its fullest. Mm. Um, you know, just how the stark contrast of doing life in isolation versus community yeah. is just kind of ridiculous. You know, um, so. Yeah, I, I joined Resonate uh, shortly after Andrew passed. We, we were without a church home at the time, so it became very clear that that was a need. Yeah. Um, and I remember, you know, the first time you and I met, you know, yeah. it was like, a, hey, we want to come alongside you. We, you know, we want to be that community for you as, lo- as much as you'll let us. Right. Um, so that became really important for me was just seeking out community. Um, and, and another kind of um, part of that is is connecting with people that have walked through things, mm. you know, walked through hardships. You know, for you and I, it was uh, easy to connect because we had walked through very similar right. circumstances, but you're not necessarily pigeonholed to people that have walked through the exact same things, but people that have walked through hardships. Mm. Um, you know, I never really knew the weight and importance of the words, me too. Mm. Um, I wow. remember the first time you and I sat down and had coffee, you know, hearing you say me too. Wow. Just, again, the, the, that idea of validation of feelings, mm. that idea that I'm not alone in this, um, the idea that, um, you know, that that I can make it through it, mm. that sort of thing. So just hearing somebody say me too, uh, just became a healing process in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I really, really don't think I, I knew the value of, of those two words until, yeah. until I was, you know, sitting across from people that could say me too. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think it's powerful and healing to sit on the receiving end of someone who's saying me yeah. too. And I think it's also really powerful and healing to sit on the giving end. Yeah. Of saying me too, 100%. even if you're not all the way through it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was two mm-hmm. months into yeah. two, two months, maybe three months, because maybe a month after Andrew yeah. passed that we yeah. sat down and had coffee. So three months into my tragedy, right. and and I remember sitting down with you, thinking like, he's only three months removed. Like, how in the world <laughs> yeah. is he sitting here talking about these things? You yeah. Know? Well, and and honestly, I didn't know either, other than the fact that like there was this little spark of purpose that rose up yeah. in me just to sit yeah. across from the table from so you true. and go. Hey, me too. Yeah. Like, let me let me help. Yeah. In the midst and of my hurt. Yeah. And especially when you have experienced the value in it. Right. You know, being able to say me too. Right. Because you know how much validation and and comfort that yep. is giving them. Just to be able to express that sentiment. Right. Uh, again, I, I, it, there is so much so much value behind yeah, that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I was on the receiving end of so many great people stepping mm-hmm. in and saying, "Hey, me too. Let me help you." Mm-hmm. And um, you know, <laughs> thinking about. Pastor Levi Lusco, when he yeah. texted me, and I was I was having a t- terrible time one one day, and just started a text conversation with him, and and he actually s- spoke to the idea of this permanence yeah. that I was feeling. Yeah. He said, "Don't unnecessarily yeah, um, try try to walk through yeah. days that you may never have to walk yep, through. So good. Don't try to live out the next five years, ten years, twenty years because you have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. So Jesus could come back. You could get hit by a bus mm-hmm. next week. Mm-hmm. But but all you got to do is take it a day at a time. Yeah. And for for him to say that to me, I was like, okay, I at least have a plan in place. I know mm-hmm. how to do this. And he's saying, hey, me too. Yeah. I felt the same thing. Mm-hmm. And yet I watched him." Um, it's in some seasons close up and some seasons far away walking through this really, really well. Yeah. And so I've been on the receiving end of it. All of a sudden I put myself on the giving end of it and it brings this spark of purpose right. in me. And I remember saying some things that were really hard to you yeah. that honestly you probably would not have received from other people. Absolutely. Absolutely. It. The, the, 
Um, yeah, sitting across from somebody that you know has walked through hardship, um, it, it just it makes you feel like it's not empty. And that's, a, okay, here's the thing, is everybody has these really great intentions. Yeah. Um, and they really mean well by saying, like, I know how you feel, and, um, you know, I get it. But when you're walking through it, and you know that they necessarily haven't, you're yeah. just kind of like, um... Yeah. You don't, though. Yeah. You know, and I know that you mean well, but you don't know how I feel, and you don't get it. Mm. So, yeah, sitting across from somebody that can say, me too, legitimately... Mm. Um, it does give you a sense of hope of being like, okay, they have walked through this. They're 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 sitting here. You know that means they've they've they woke up today. They got out of bed. Um, so maybe I can too. Yeah. Um, and and the Lord's really good in sending those me twos when you need them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Because That's he just so knows. Yeah, and I think you have to look for them. Mm. Like you know, I think you can you can go through life when you walk through something like this. You can go through life completely turning a blind eye to the things of God and go, okay, whatever. Like, and you're not looking for them. And so some people, they just, they wonder, they're like, okay, how are you, how are you walking through this with faith? And it's like, well, I couldn't go anywhere else. Like I had to turn to Jesus. And, And when I began looking for the thumbprints of God in this whole thing, I found them. Mm -hmm. But if I don't look for them, I'm not going to find them. Right. Because right. God's not going to impose himself on us. Mm-hmm. He's not going to like, we're not robots. Right. That he's going to force us to do something or force us to have this perspective. Mm-hmm. But if we look for him, he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm there. If mm-hmm. you search, I'm mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I'll show up and I'll show you. And so, um, you know, I think it's just really helpful to have somebody like, and to sit there and listen to him that has ha- that has walked through things and has that perspective of saying, hey, let me show you how God sh- showed up in my situation. Right. He'll show up in your situation yeah. as well. I think that's really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, yet I remember that coffee and saying, hey, you should come be a part of our, our church community. Yeah. We're all trying to grieve the, yeah. the loss of Amanda, so yeah. we don't have it figured out. Right. But we're all kind of in a similar yeah. place where we we're can grieving. Do it together. We can do it together. Yeah. We can just kind of figure this out together and walk mm-hmm. um, side by side in it. And then I remember... Um, I remember offering to you because it was such a high profile mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. You were in the public eye mm-hmm. um, and you were concerned about walking in the front door and people stopping you, people knowing who you were, mm-hmm. which I was also concerned about. I yeah. still, every time I go to Chick fil A, I get stopped. Yeah, so that, that, that had been the experience, <laughs> you know? It. Yeah, so. you get stopped mm-hmm. everywhere you go. And like I said, especially Chick fil A, because for whatever <laughs> reason, the, most people who are following our story, you know, I get stopped uh-huh. at Chick fil A. But uh-huh. I remember I went to the Children's Museum mm-hmm. and I had two people who didn't stop me, but later Facebook messaged me and yeah. they were like, hey, I saw you at the Children's Museum. I didn't know what to say. And so mm-hmm. you get this like feeling of almost like paranoia in yeah. that sense when it, things have been such a high profile thing. Yeah. And because you've been so hurt Mm -hmm. by your life being now out in the open for everybody, you start to close off. And so you you were concerned about that. Mm -hmm. And so I said, hey, yeah, no problem. Why don't you just come through the back door? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that season a little yeah. bit. What was that like for you? Yeah. So that was uh, obviously difficult. It was the first time I had stepped out and intentionally sought out community. Mm. Um, it was the first time that I, you know, could could self recognize that doing it alone wasn't wasn't going to be healthy. Mm. It wasn't going to be healing. It, it wasn't going to work. So it was the first time that I had intentionally sought out doing this with other people. Um, so yeah, I remember, um, you know, reaching out to you and expressing these, these concerns as far as just it being a distracting thing, as far as like knowing people are watching or knowing people are wanting to have a conversation when that's kind of the last thing you want to do, you know? Um, so certainly feeling that anxiety and then feeling the, the, uh, the anxiety of having doing 
something new without Andrew for the first mm. time. Um, you know, we had always gone to church together. We had to look for new churches together. Um, so I knew that, A, I wasn't going to have him to to bounce conversations off of mm. um, or to, you know, ex- you know, express questions afterwards, you know, what'd you think? And let's, let's dissect this, that sort of thing. But also, um, knowing I was stepping into a new environment and that's scary for anybody, you know, it doesn't matter if you, you know, you know, whatever. It's scary for anybody to walk into a new situation where you don't know anybody, Mm -hmm. um, except for the person that's on stage. So it's not like, Hey Dave, I'm going to stand right next to you this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so knowing that I was going to walk into a new situation, be afraid and then not have the person that always protected me, not having the person that would always physically even step in front of me um, when he knew that I was uncomfortable yeah. or, or feeling nervous. Um, so then just or resting, relationally exhausted. Or just exhausted. <laughs> yeah, like, okay, Sam has clearly talked, you know, yeah. to this person for, oh, yep, she's about her limit. Yeah. And I see that look in her eyes of hanger, <laughs> like, I need to step in. Um, I didn't have my person anymore. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of anxiety in that, a lot of fear in that, a lot of trepidation. And um, so, yeah, it, it, it became easier initially to just slide through the back door. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the right move because it did certainly allow me to kind of get my feet wet again of just um, being in church and being a community again um, and and offering me a, a distraction-free way of, of you know, I, I think I literally cried every time for the first, you know, couple months. And yeah. I, you know, I felt safe doing that. Sorry, I did too, and I was the one preaching. So. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I was on stage, it's fine. I still do. What am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, you guys can't see, but we have tissues out here because Davey and I both <laughs> are fully prepared to just weep. Um, but um, yeah, so just walking in the, the back door those first few times yeah. and, um, and and working through it that yep. way. Yep, and and I remember one Sunday, I walked back into the our green room area, right? Mm-hmm. Our pipe and drape green room area because we're a mobile church. <laughs> really official. Don't, get, don't think that it's some fancy green room right now, <laughs> you know? Um, Literally had Pop-Tarts for breakfast. Guys. Right, right. <laughs> I walk back into the green room area. I'm expecting to see your face back there because I'm expecting that, oh, yeah, we've already... It's been a few weeks, yeah. yeah, We've gotten into your routine. We'd open the back door for for Sam, and she'd walk in. She'd sit in the green room for a little bit, and she'd go find her seat in the front, you know, and And kind of hide and then slip back back out out before I was even basically off stage, you know. And and so I walked back to the green room, and you weren't there. And I was like, huh, I wonder where she is this weekend. Mm -hmm. thought maybe you were traveling or something. I get Mm -hmm. out on stage, and I see you Mm -hmm. in, in the audience. And I'm like, huh. And I and I I don't think I actually saw you walk through the front door, mm-hmm. but I knew in my mind mm-hmm. she just walked through the front door. I had to walk through the front door to get there. She walked through the front door. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a really cool transition point mm-hmm. for you and for me to watch you make. Mm-hmm. Because for a while you're walking through the back door, mm-hmm. you're 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 keeping yourself closed off a yep. little bit. Yep. And then at some point you got to the place where you go, I can walk through the front door. Mm-hmm. I can start to open up my life to people. Mm-hmm. And um and for weeks, you walk through the front door, and now, <laughs> now you're on stage. Morning, I was on stage. This morning, you were yeah. emceeing and yeah. hosting our service. Yeah, and you're you're you lead our events team, mm-hmm. and you're like involved in community. And I know, I know sometimes, because I feel it in me too, that you have this reversion back to like, oh, I just want to kind of like isolate. I yeah. want to close myself off because this I'm just too scared. I'm yeah. too scared. I've been hurt when I've opened mm-hmm. myself up. Mm-hmm. And I feel that same exact thing too. And it's a fight. It is. It's a fight it to is. stay open. Absolutely. It's a fight to stay vulnerable yeah. because of the fear of getting hurt getting and hurt gutted again. Mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. But I was just so proud of you when I 
I was like, she walked through the front door. And sometimes <laughs> in life, that's just what it is. It's like, you yep. know what? I just got to walk through the front you just door. Just got to walk through the front door. Just got to walk through the front door. Mm-hmm. Um, and so community. Yeah. I mean, huge. Yeah. Huge. And a, and a church community, mm-hmm. one that's teaching the Bible, it's giving you an, uh, an, a hope, an anchor for your soul, um, the promises of scripture, and, um, and then and practical tools for you to walk through whatever mm-hmm. situation you're going through, yeah. good, bad, and ugly. I think those are huge, huge things. Huge things. I mean, I certainly, um, I travel quite a bit. And so yeah. I certainly even just feel that absence when I will go through mm-hmm. a stint where I'm not able to be at church. Um, you know, this past month I was crazy busy and I think I missed three out of four Sundays. And yeah. I remember coming back and just being like, first off, just that feeling of like, like that, like I'm home, yeah. you know, that sort of wow. thing. But then even um, feeling those those um, those pitfalls of regression and of um, you know things that I was struggling with, they start to creep back. Yeah, um, yeah. I notice when I'm not within community and when wow. I'm not really, you know, divulging and putting myself where you know in front of the word and and listening to the truth and everything. So community is huge, and just yeah. you know because I you know. I've lived it, and then I certainly feel it when I don't. Um, wow. And so certainly just knowing and have fe- having felt that evidence of the importance of that. That's so good. That's so good. So then I think the last thing is finding your fight. Yeah. Is, is, so we kind of started this thing off where you said, okay, my calling seemed to be stolen from me, mm-hmm. my purpose. Mm-hmm. And now you're in this journey of trying to find that purpose again. Mm-hmm. You're doing some really cool stuff. You're getting I'm... asked to speak <laughs> at some really cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, we got to go and listen to you give a TED Talk. Crazy, right? At, Crazy. At Eli Lilly. Did and it was talk. awesome. You did a TED Talk. <laughs> like, TED talk. I'm so jealous. What in the world? Like, what is life? Is I remember waking up and being like, what is life? And you crushed it. It Thank was awesome. You. We watched some Thank other you. presenters and I was like, pfft. They're like chump chain. I hope they're not listening. Yikes, but yikes, compared to Sam, I was like, holy cow, she just crushed that. It was amazing. And um, and you're just getting some cool opportunities and women's mm. conferences and yeah, stuff. And yeah. I know that probably brings a sense of purpose, but you're still trying to navigate it. So talk to me about what does it look like for you to find your fight again mm-hmm. and finding that purpose? And mm-hmm. what is that purpose mm-hmm. for you right now? Or at least what you're seeing God moving you into. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it it certainly was a struggle again to to feel anything mm. right, um, but again that idea of choosing and knowing that kind of like you were saying like what else am I going to do yeah. you know, um, and so there were certainly moments of hopelessness because of not having a purpose and right. because of feeling like everything that I thought that I truly was created to put on this like on this earth for right. was no longer an option. Um, anything that I had felt passion for before I didn't. Um, mm. And then of course, you know, what I felt most passionate about, you know, is in heaven now. Mm. Um, so then just being like, okay, so now what? Um, and and again, there were days where I allowed myself to be like, I don't know, and this sucks. And I'm just going to sit in bed and, you know, and, and wallow a little bit. Yeah. Um, but then eventually being like, okay, you're, you're 26. It's like, you knew this forever. Yeah. You know, wow. you, you're, what are you going to do? Um, and so even just that, that self, um, challenge alone of being like, all right, Sam, right. Like, let's, let's do something, right. you know? Um, and even the idea of knowing that this, this life of hopelessness isn't what the Lord wants for me. Yeah. Um, you know, this sickness, this disease, like this isn't, this is because of the fall of man, not because of mm-hmm. what he wanted for me. And, um, and knowing that, 
you know, me being depressed and sad isn't, isn't what the Lord wants for me. It certainly isn't what Andrew wants for me. Mm. Um, and so just being like, all right, so, so what's it going to be? Are you going to sit in bed? Mm. Are you going to get up and do something and, and put a little purpose behind this pain? Um, and that has been the route that I've, I've tried to tackle every day with. Um, some days I fail, yeah. um, and that's okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, just finding purpose behind the pain. So for me, that did become speaking. Mm. Um, so Andrew and I became, you know, a pretty accustomed to doing speaking things together, um, just telling about our journey. And he was, you know, obviously well-versed with the whole basketball world. Uh, but that became very much so a space that, uh, that we, we became very comfortable in. Um, and then, but then I remember, you know, after he passed, it was, is this something I still do? Because Mm. it is something I'm very comfortable with doing. Um, but you know, what's, what's the story now? What's the narration? Um, and so now I'm certainly in the season of, of kind of moving platforms. So, you know, our journey is, and always will be part of, you know, what I, what I speak on and you no, know, no matter where I'm brought into, like that is a journey that will always be interwoven. Right. Our testimony will always be interwoven, but now it's just not letting, um, that become my identity, yeah, you know, not, not letting that become my story. Yeah. Um, will it always be part of my story? Yes. Would mm-hmm. I ever want it to not be? No, you know, right. I would never erase that part. I would never erase that chapter, right. but I just don't, that's not who I am. I'm not cancer. Yeah. I'm not, I am a widow, but that's not all I am. That's yes. not who I am. That's not my identity. Um, so just almost this idea of like refusing to accept this this label of okay, this is your story, right? You know. So for me, that became public speaking and and doing women's conferences yeah. and doing you know getting these incredible opportunities to do TED talks and um, and and just helping others along in any way that I can, yeah. helping them and empowering them. That is just honestly what I feel in my soul now. You know, is the Lord what the Lord is wanting to do for me? Mm-hmm. When I you know I told you when I hit that year mark, I was just like. You know what gets you going? What kind of makes your heart beat faster? And really, the only thing I, I that I came up with was just you know speaking to people, mm. loving on them, coming alongside them, and just empowering them and and meeting them where they're at in their journey. Yeah. So so doing that and helping people, and then something that became very uh, important to Andrew and I were was the bone marrow registry. Right. Um, this is not an issue that we were aware of until we were faced with it. Um, so for listeners that don't know, um, a bone marrow transplant um, is is a treatment option for a lot of patients with blood cancers mm. and things like that. And um, again, we just didn't know there was a need for it. So the the registry in and of itself, so you get matched with somebody is mm-hmm. how this works. Yeah. You, you have a match, a, a healthy person, and essentially to kind of break it down, what happens is you're replacing an immune system in a sick patient with that of a of a healthy person so that they and in theory um this new immune system wakes up in this new body and says hey you know this cancer is here and it attacks it um so that's kind of the 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 bare basics of of what a bone marrow transplant is but the thing is is you have to have a match in order to to get that transplant and we just had no idea that so many people were just waiting on uh, wait, waiting on a match, so it's not necessarily that their cure isn't out there. Right. It's just that their their match isn't, um, and a lot of times just because people don't know. Mm. So that became something Andrew and I were extremely passionate about raising awareness on, and something that I still feel a lot of responsibility to certainly carry on. Um, but I, but I do so joyously because yeah. if I could prevent a single person from having those conversations that we had, wow. or from becoming a widow at, you know, then age 24, right. you know, those sorts of things. Like I will do it in a heartbeat. Right. Um, so that was something that Andrew did a really great job about always being selfless. It was never about him. It was never about his journey. It was about how he can make life better for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something, you know, I try to be like Andrew as much as I can in a lot of ways, but certainly that selflessness is something that I've tried to really carry on. Wow. That's so good. So, you know, even the listener can, can 
become a match for yeah, somebody, right? Absolutely. Where would they find information on that? Yeah. So, um, well, you could go a couple different ways. Yeah. So Butler was really great, has always been really great, and they created Project 44. Okay. And that is the idea of saving 44 lives. So Andrew wore number 44, um, number 44 yeah. um, throughout Butler. And so the idea is to save 44 lives. Mm. And um, that uh, requires 18,920 people to join the registry, wow. um, which is a big number. And we wow. know that. But, but the ratio is for every 430 people that join one person will get a call yeah. um, so that's where that number comes from but um, they've made it really easy and that you can text the word Andrew to the number 38470 and they'll okay. just send you like the link immediately um, if you type in Google be the match Andrew Smith like you will get You're the good. link immediately wow. um, on my website samanthasmithspeaks.com there is a link right to it so there are multiple ways that you can easily get plugged in and it's a simple thing people think it's like this whole big process but right. to get on the registry it's literally filling out two pages of just like quick, this is who I am, and I don't, you know, in my you know knowledge, I'm yeah. healthy. Um, and then you swab your cheek, <clears throat> excuse me, you swab your cheek four times um, and send okay. it on, and that's wow. it. So, and then that legitimately could save somebody's life. Wow, that's mm -hmm. powerful. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So, text what? What'd you say? So, Andrew. you text Andrew to 38470. Okay. And they will just send you a link. You click on that, and then they'll send you a packet, and you're cool. good to go. Again, Google be the match. Google Andrew, be the match. You, you know, Andrew Smith, you'll, right. you'll find it. And so. Samantha. SamanthaSmithSpeaks.com. I love the alliteration. Well, Samantha okay, Smith so they were, they were like, let's come up with a domain. Hi, I have the most common name in the entire world. <laughs> so we're like trying to get all creative. We're like, oh gosh, we literally sat for hours trying to find this domain Samantha name. SamanthaSmithSpeaks.com. Yeah, and I think that's really cool what you're talking about here because, man, while our stories help us identify with other people who have gone through pain, they are not our identity. Yeah, so we good. We are not so good. a widower or a widow. Mm -hmm. That's not who we are. Right. That's a season we're walking yep. through and mm -hmm. have walked through, but there's so much more to our story mm -hmm. and there's so much more to the listener's story. So true. And Samantha Smith's story is going to be a story of this gal who went through this really, really difficult thing and losing her husband um, and, and, fa and, and faced it with a bulldog mentality and resilience. Mm -hmm. And 20 years down the road, it's going to be like, man, look at what this girl is doing to turn this world upside down more than just a cure for cancer, right. but for Jesus and yeah. giving hope to people who are struggling in a lot of different things. And mm -hmm. that's the story. It's the character that God is building in you and how he's making you a better version of you, which as we've talked about before, um, initially seemed a little bit Impossible, impossible for us because Andrew helped mm -hmm. shape you into a better right. person, right? right? Mm -hmm. Amanda helped shape me into a better person. God used those two in our lives mm -hmm. to do that. Mm -hmm. But now he's using the absence of them, so ironically, true. So true. to do the very same thing and continue it even further in building our character and who we are so that we can be better versions mm -hmm. of ourselves. And that's going to be the story in 20 years. Yeah. That's going to be the story in 30 it years. It's not going to be like defined by this right. tragedy. It doesn't stop here. Yes. It's not the end of the book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's, you know, I would love for us to be able to just put this pretty bow on it right. to the listener and yeah. go, well, we saw this is yeah. how God blessed and, our life. And now, Twice, and this, let me reveal this whole right. cool, cool thing, but right. that's part of nothing is wasted is like, we're just walking through it. We're walking through it with you. Exactly. Yeah. And so we're just trying to, every step of the time, and we're just going to kind of offer help as we can. Yeah. And um, as we learn, as exactly. we grow. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's a, it's a process, yep. an ongoing one. And there's never, and that's the thing, there's never going to be a point where you're like, I've learned all I can. Right. And this is, this is the key. Yeah. You know, it is this ongoing lifelong. I know that I will forever be learning about 
the character of God, the right. character of who I am and right. and his purpose for me. Man, that is so, so good. So good. Um, Sam, this has been fun. It's been good. It's been really Thanks good. I know that me. a lot of people are going to be helped by this. And I know that, man, you're right in the middle of a really cool new chapter and the story is still yet to be told. And um, there's a lot left in that story. Well, thanks for letting me be a sneak peek into this one. Um, I'm excited. This is going to be so, this is going to be so good. I'm excited for when this gets out to the listener. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. That was so good. I know. Man, that Sam Smith girl. (laughs) She's on fire. She is. She really is. I'm excited about seeing what continues in her journey. For sure. And be able to walk that walk through this with her. Anything that you particularly gleaned from that? Oh, for sure. Um, in the middle of my notes, right? Um, there was this concept that you guys talked about for a little while about growth in the grief. So in the midst of grief, that there's still growth that is taking place. And that reminded me of a message that you preached at Resonate um earlier this summer. Um, in I think it was week one of the Built to Last series. Um, and you talked about this concept of of not being where you used to be, um, but you're not necessarily where you want to be either. So you're right here in the middle, but having that perspective of, hey, there has been growth. I can look back. Like Sam was saying about um, those letters that she wrote to Andrew. Yes. Um, she's not where she used to be, but but she knows that there's still growth that yeah. has to happen. I think sometimes like in trying to look forward, because that's what we're trying to do. We're mm-hmm. trying to like move forward through these things. Keep walking when you're in the valley of the shadow of death. What's the country song? It's like, if you're going through hell, just keep, keep moving, on. right? Yeah, keep on moving, right? So we're in the, in the midst of trying to do that. Sometimes you fail to see how much progress you've actually made. Right. And it's nice to look back every once in a while. Not look mm-hmm. back in the sense of like, you know, oh, I, I, I want to stop. I want to, but to just look back and go, wow, I'm actually further along than what I thought that I yeah. would be or thought that I was. Right. And that gives you kind of that small win. Yeah. You're going, oh, and it kind of motivates you to continue to move forward, sure. especially when things seem dark or uh, apprehensive or mm-hmm. you know mysterious moving forward. Yeah, because in the darkness, a lot of times when you're moving forward, you're seeing that, yes, Jesus is a lamp to your feet. Right. That's all you can see is yeah. your feet. So the perspective yeah. of like looking backwards is so important. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like I'm going to be able to apply that to my life so um, and, the, you know, different seasons that all of us are walking through. So like where, where have we been? Okay. This is hope um, to keep, keep taking next I love steps. It. So um, hopefully this podcast was, was helpful to you as a listener as well. Um, if it was, we'd love to hear from you. Right. Um, there's a few different ways that you guys can reach out to us. Uh, one of those ways is by rating and reviewing um, on whatever uh, medium, I guess yeah. you are uh, listening to this podcast on. Um, this podcast is available on iTunes iTunes, Google Play, also Stitcher. Um, and so we, again, we would love to hear from you. Um, the more that you guys rate and review that, the more that it is available to other people, yeah. it will pop up in their feed. Um, but also we'd love to hear from you guys um, via email as well. If there's specific questions that you want us to answer, if there are things that you want us to talk about on this podcast, whether that's in this uh, excerpt time with right. Davey and I, or uh, even questions to, to ask the next um, guest that right. we have on the podcast, uh, we would love to hear from you. And you can reach out to us at Hello at resonateindy.com. Perfect. And of course, we want to thank our friend Ryan O'Neill, also known as Sleeping at Last, for all the music that he's provided for this podcast. It's so good. It's one so of my good. favorite things to listen to. In fact, I listened to a lot of it while I was writing the book. It's just this good, like filler music. So yeah. good. So thank you, Sleeping at Last. And thank you so much for listening to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. This is all the time we have for today. But tune in next time and stay tuned. <laughs>